Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid. So scared to do what I wanted In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made And I wish that I could talk to me And tell me I can change Don't be afraid Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. So tonight our topic is was Bill Wilson, Bill W., the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, a 13-stepper, a sexual predator, and the answer is yes. Uh, I was high out there to everybody in chat land, Hi, Gunther. Hi, Sue. Welcome. Thanks for showing up. Um, the call-in number is 818-475-9211. I think Sal is going to call in from the East Coast to join me to talk about this. But one of the uh, things that I found was so shocking, I didn't know that he had had a, uh, you know, a, a mistress for all those years, and when I first found the orange papers and read them, and I was completely shocked because I was such a, yeah, I mean, I just thought, I don't know what I thought, that Bill Wilson was, you know, great or something because I was very naive, and um, as I read them, I was, like, really, really shocked, and one of the things I did is I called an old friend of mine who was uh, in Hawaii, who had actually met Tom Powers, and Tom Powers created All Addicts Anonymous, and he believed Alcoholics Addicts, All Addicts Anonymous, yeah, that's what it's called. And so Tom Powers helped write the 12 and 12, which I also didn't know, and a lot of people didn't know. And if you look at the difference in the writing from the big book to the 12 and 12, you would have guessed maybe that you know some other people helped write it because it's it is um, it is better written uh, than the big book, and so their big falling out was about sex, and you know he said, um, here's the quote: All the while we were working on the twelve and twelve, Tom said I would argue with him, you're killing yourself and think what you're doing to Lois, while other people I spoke with insisted that Lois never knew about Bill's affairs. Tom insisted that Lois knew everything, and she didn't have to guess about it either. A lot of people tried to protect her, but there were others who would run to stepping stones to tell Lois all about it whenever they saw Bill with another woman. Um, I asked Tom how Bill reacted when Tom would insist that Bill's guilt over his infidelities were responsible for his depressions. 
I think that was the worst part of it, he said. Bill would always agree with me, I know. He'd say, you're right. Then just when I think, uh, you know, we're finally getting somewhere, he would say, but I can't give it up. Um, when I would press him, Tom said, as to why the hell not, he would start rationalizing. Um, what would really kill me is when he'd say, well, you know, Lois has always been more like a mother to me, uh, which somehow was supposed to make it all right for him to cheat on her. Um, Tom himself had also been sexually compulsive uh, even after he quit drinking, and he found it very hard to change his behavior. Tom said that it took him five years after he quit drinking to change his behavior, and um, and for five years after that he tried to get Bill to change too. Uh, besides what he was doing to the women he was chasing and to Lois, his behavior was a huge source of controversy in AA. Uh, Tom said, and he could be very blatant about it, and there were times when it seemed like the reaction to a particularly flagrant episode would end up destroying everything he had worked for, but then people would scurry around and smooth things over and cover it all up. So I do know that they had a huge falling out. Um, If anybody wants to call in, uh, the number is 818-475-9211. So Hey, hey Sue, you just got home. Welcome, you just got home, working today. Uh, Gunther's logged in. Hi Gunther, I almost called you to see what you were up to and um, and say hey. Uh, so today we're going to do a one-hour show. I want to talk about, it's sort of on the note of what we're all talking about is the petition that I uh, just sent out and it's about mandating uh, Alcoholics Anonymous to have literature. And let me see if I can find it here. Um, so basically, it just says we will force Alcoholics Anonymous headquarters to require all meetings to have sexual harassment safety standards, literature, and policies implemented. Um, the judges, this is the part that I just want everybody to know, and it's in the body of the petition. The judges are sending third-level sex offenders and violent criminals as part of plea bargains to AA meetings unknown to the majority of AA members, current AA members who like AA, who think it's great still, and then to people who are the DUIs who are being sent, not them, but that they're plea bargaining and sending them so the AA members don't know, and the innocent public doesn't know that... They're sending these third-level sex offenders and violent criminals. Uh, One violent criminal uh, that we know about is the story where Christine and Sandra Cass were murdered in Hawaii in August of 2010, that he was sentenced uh, to AA by both the courts and the mental health professionals. So maybe if they would have put him in jail or you know, sent him to some real kind of therapy, uh, those two beautiful um, people would be alive today. Um, There is a rampant problem with sexual harassment in AA. That's it, okay? It's called sexual harassment battery, and the stories of rape just keep coming. Um, uh, It was reported that there was uh, a a rape up at Ikipah in September in San Francisco with as much as security as uh, some people try to do, um, that's the report I got back from a very good source. Um, We want to mandate that there's a reading of safety literature before every meeting that states no member should be sexually or financially harassed in any way. Uh, Make it a policy from the top down to the meetings or from the bottom up, however you want to look at it, that you need a safety poster on the wall and literature and a zero tolerance policy in regards to sexual harassment and battery. And somebody said, well, you know, what's what's that going to do? Uh, I do want to thank everybody who signed it. There's 58 signatures now. Um, I'd really like like a lot more, like, you know, 100,000 signatures. But uh, people from all over the country, Florida, Hawaii, uh, New Hampshire, Manhattan Beach, it's just all over the place. Uh, so somebody was like, well, why, um, 
Oh, it says, do you have bad Skype? Uh, he can't hear me. Hmm. Can you hear? Sue, you can hear. All right. Um, so basically, uh, somebody was saying, well, you know, putting something up and just having literature is not going to stop it. You know what? That's right. That's right. It's not enough. Um, what would have to happen is that every group would have a discussion and that somebody of authority, you know, and people need to take that authority of it, is somebody needs to stand up and say, there is a zero-tolerance policy now in Alcoholics Anonymous about sexual harassment, and you can be sued. So that means people need to understand that they could be sued, the person who is doing it, and um, they could do it, or they could sue the meeting, they could sue the place, they could sue the place that the meeting is in, um, and they could sue the area if the area, I mean, at, at any level, so that if people understand that they're liable, then perhaps people would think twice about it. Now, the other thing that we found was very effective in just raising awareness is um, uh, is having a workshop. So, you know, if a group gets together and then you have a, a group of groups, and so you have a district where, you know, you will go around to the meetings and you start bringing people in and then you have discussion, then things change. Uh, what happened was people feel empowered, people, you know, who have been keeping this inside for a long time, um, get to talk about it, and, you know, they just get to speak their minds. So let me go back to the um, the petition here. So basically mandating, we agree that it isn't enough, um, but you have to start somewhere. And um, what I've been seeing and hearing, as well as many people, who are on the blog. So if you're new to my blog radio, uh, welcome. And I've been doing it since, I guess, last March. I did it, uh, Gunther 2000 had a great radio show for a little while, uh, and I was a guest on his show. And we did a couple of episodes about 13-stepping. In particular, I was still um, going to meetings but um, can you hear me now? Let's see. I can hear now. All right. Hi. Hi there, Gunther. I'm gonna... So we have a few people in the chat room. Um, I was, had a busy day. I didn't have time to promote the show as much as I normally do. But, um, again, the call-in number, if you want to call in, is 818-475-9211. That is 818-475-9211. Um, so some of the other things that people were saying is like that you can't, you know, you can't stop, or that you shouldn't mandate. This was something somebody wrote to me that um, that we should ask, or you know, if it were worded nicer. And I thought, well, and then Carolyn, God bless her, I love her. And Carolyn said, um, and it was random. It wasn't. She didn't even know I was getting these emails. And uh, they were basically saying, you know, um, what were they saying? It is so, let me see what you're saying in here in the chat room. Hey there. Uh, oh, basically saying that um, the law, this is what Carolyn was saying, I'm sorry, uh, that the law is not a suggestion. You know, it's just not a suggestion. It is um, the law. And so why should we me, you, anybody on these blogs, ask Alcoholics Anonymous, um, make a suggestion. No, it's not a suggestion. It's they're breaking the law in the United States, in every meeting place, in every church, in every retail space that has insurance. If I grab you, if you grab me, and, uh, and I don't want you to grab me, you have violated the law in the United States of America. Now, I know there's a lot of things wrong right now. There's all kinds of people that have broken laws and gotten away with it. But as we see what's going on with Penn State, with uh, Jerry Sandusky, and now with Syracuse University, with the um, the basketball coach, 
that I have a feeling that this is just a, a huge ripple effect. This institution of sports and, you know, college sports and college basketball and football, that these guys were molesting these children and getting away with it and turning a blind eye, that, you know what, I mean, I was horrified when I first heard that story that that guy walked in there and saw him uh, raping a 10-year-old in the shower and he didn't go screaming. Let's, like, bypass anybody at the college. Let's just go running down to the nearest precinct and, you know, let's let's let something happen there. Um, so I was really shocked. By, and this is part of the brainwashing, really, a serious brainwashing when you tell people that it's time to mandate and they say, well, Monica, why don't you suggest? And, you know, it didn't really hit me until I saw Carolyn's post, how ridiculous that is because we actually tried the, the the way that, you know, AA is supposed to do it, which I think is the same, you know, it's supposed to be a little similar how they do it in, um, uh, you know, say at a city hall meeting. And, uh, you know, it's not, it, it didn't work like that. Okay, so we tried, we did it at our meeting. The me- meeting was very successful, but it was a women's meeting. So we didn't even have guys there that were doing anything. We didn't need to do it at our meeting. But we did it because we knew it was the right thing to do. And then we were supposed to take it to our district, and the district just shut us down. You have to go to another meeting where they – and what I realized in retrospect is that there is a thing in um, Alcoholics Anonymous is called the Minority Report, and this is supposed to stop this from happening. So if I don't get a chance to talk – this should have been in place, like my delegate should have come up to one of us and said, you know, there's a thing called the minority report, meaning that if you don't let me be heard, that I can say to you, you know, you have to hear the minority. You know, you you have to give the minority of the three crickets in the corner a voice. Even if the three crickets are wrong, you're supposed to give them a voice. And that should have happened at the Westside District. It should have happened at the area. The area gave us five minutes I think another time we got a little bit, wasn't much time. I mean, I think it was 10 or 15 minutes. And then every other time we were shut down. And it really needed to be discussed in the West Side District because this is Los Angeles. This is like, it's just bad. Hi, Kenneth. How are you? Good to see you. Um, you know, I, it is, it's absurd. And also, even in New York, um, somebody was talking about how it's going to happen in the U.K., so they are going to present, they've already, you know, typed it up, and they are going to present a minority report dealing with all the cult behavior. There's a website. I think it's called AA Cult Watch, right? I think it's something like that. But, Kenneth, you know, I want to, uh, I don't know if you're in the mood to call in, but um, the, the number is 818-475-HI-9211. 818-475-9211. And I do have a new blog. Um, it's called leavingaa.com, which I created very quickly to sort of catch the fallout of thinking, thinking, being brought down for about 10 days. Uh, as you know, it's back up, although we can't uh, blog there anymore, which some of us are like, ah, like, you know, there's some, like last night, I just wanted to go on to thinking, thinking, and read what people were writing, and and just, you know, chat with people, and it's not there. So I uh, now I've been going over to Orange Papers uh, Forum, which there is activity over there, and there's some on my blog, but it just isn't the same. Um, hi, Carolyn. Uh, how are you? I don't know if you heard what I said, but I was giving you serious props for um, what you posted about it's not a suggestion, it's the law. Anyway, um Kenneth, this is the thing that um, I was just blogging last night, and I decided to put in a line about people who are not abstinent are welcome. So people who want to drink moderately, who are doing harm reduction, I really want them to feel welcome on the Leaving AA site, or any site for that matter, that um, I want just people to feel welcome, because not everybody needs to be completely abstinent, wants to be, 
And the thing that I love about what Tom Horvath said when I interviewed him is that they don't even, when they come to SMART, it's like, what do you want? And, you know, that is what no one, it's just, I don't know why, it never hit me this way, but like how dare another adult tell another adult how they should drink? You know, it's really, I think because I was in A so long and you just hear so much of this crap and these people think they know so much and that they, the, the arrogance level, like I went into a pro-AA uh, blogging site, and oh my God, they're just like, they're just, they're like a feeding frenzy in there, you know. Um, hey, Carolyn. Um, so if anybody out there wants to call in and chat with me, that'd be kind of fun, 818 475 9211 9211 So back to um to Kenneth uh Anderson. Uh I I think it's really important that there is always that place. I think that um I don't know if you've ever thought of doing this but maybe doing some outreach to uh the courts. Uh I don't have you ever done that and you know maybe say hey look, you know and I Everybody who gets their first DUI, uh, first of all, doesn't have a problem. Uh, they don't, um, you know, not everybody who has a one DUI is an alcoholic, is somebody who not needs to not drink for the rest of their lives. So I think it's really, uh, it would be great if they had a place down at the courthouse. I have a caller in the queue. Um, let me just finish up this thought, and then I'm going to bring you on, caller. Um that if they had, you know, your literature and, you know, people who go to, you know, harm reduction, hams harm reduction and um, and do, mo- do moderation and teach those skills of, like, drinking a full glass of water between every drink and deciding you want to reduce the harm and the way you think about it and um, and then bring somebody in from women for sobriety and somebody from secular for sobriety and somebody from SMART and then somebody from AA and NA and then people, somebody like, you know, Amy Lee Coy with her book, Deliver Us, um, Deliver Us From Evil, that's the wrong movie, I'm sorry, um, From Death Do I Part and Hank Hayes' new book. I am going to see who's, let's see, Kenneth says, I can't call in right now because we have our live ham support chat at this time. I am listening here and typing. Oh, okay. Thanks, Kenneth. Um, uh, that's fine. Let's see. We have a caller here. Caller, you are on the line. Can I have your name, please? Yes, my name is Carolyn. Hi, I, Carolyn. I How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm can, good. You know, I'm a little crazy busy today, frazzled, but, you know, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very busy, very crazy. I feel so out of the loop right now. I've, I've been having computer problems um, for the last, oh, a week and a half. But I did get that in. I saw it. it was a bumper sticker that said, our Constitution is not a list of suggestions. And wow. I thought that is so apropos. Yeah, bumper sticker. Of wow. all things, you got to have more. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, stop, I've got to write this down. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe we should, that's a good T-shirt. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. That is so apropos for, you know, everything. And it's funny that you didn't even know what I was going through or, you know, different things people were saying to me because you were out of the loop. Normally we, you know, converse more, right? And right, um, I knew right. your computer was giving you trouble. And then yeah, you know, my it was phone. like stroke of genius. <laughs> it was. So you're Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm good. I just uh, went to the farmer's market and I bought some vegetables and, you know, yummy thing. And I was talking to uh, Anti-Denial in Florida and, you know, catching up on, you know, all the activism that all of us are doing. And, you know, what I'm learning is that there's people that they're doing activism that we don't even know about, which is kind of great. Um, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, but this whole thing of, why I loved what you wrote was, you know, the way that people had this attitude, and that's part of this super brainwashing that 
people, yeah. I mean, I had to engage people and say, like, like, can you just listen to me? And this is people that are in program that I'm still friends with, that I've been friends with for 30 years, to say, like, do you hear what you're saying? Exactly. Like, these are, are these criminal things. acts. I'm not talking right. about 27-year-old is flirting with, you know, you know, but even then, it is sexual harassment. If yeah. it's unwanted, you know, right. and right. she's in a vulnerable other... position, you know, it's just like a therapist hitting on a client in in its own way. It is. Yeah. Yeah, right? it's bad. I came across um, two things um, in this last um, couple of weeks. I shared the, the first one with you oh, when I when I met with you about mm-hmm. obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. And I I wrote a little, um, I was ticked off and wrote uh, a little piece on it about, um, you know, people covering people's butt at AA meetings because of anonymity. Well, anonymity at the beginning was to protect lawyers and doctors and businessmen from having the stigmatism of being an alcoholic and losing their their clientele and what have you. And it has gotten so blown out of proportion and overused and illegally used to the point that they're covering up people when a police come into the room Mm -hmm. and ask for a specific person. And Mm -hmm. when they do know that they're in there and they don't, and they're either if they're flat out asked, is this person here, and they don't speak up or they lie, they are obstructing justice. There's no fine line about anonymity or anything like that. Or the the police, uh, they're confused. They don't know what to do. Well, go back to the academy then. If you don't know what the law is and you're out here and you're supposed to protect us, according to our Constitution, and this is confusing to you, I, I don't want you here protecting me. I want you back right. in the academy learning what you're supposed to be doing because I know your job better than you do. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, somebody said that to me. Well, I don't know, you know, we don't know what to do with him. And I think we were sitting there with Amy, and she said, what do you mean yeah. you don't know what to do with him? You do the same thing you would do to, you know, with them if they were in the post office exactly. or in the grocery store. Or, or if exactly. I was standing waiting to go into the movie theater, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. You you wouldn't cover – if you saw someone shoot somebody, you wouldn't out, – out in the public, you, you wouldn't cover their butt. I mean, first of all, it's funny because I was reading the law, and it states, like what I was saying, that um, if you know and you don't tell, um, that's obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. If you give them an alibi, of course, mm-hmm. that's – that's against the law. That's obstructing of justice. But uh-huh. what's funny is, is if this person finally comes forth and says, okay, yeah, it's me, they can get off the hook by going through, you know, with an attorney, all the legal avenues they, they have to go. But these people that gave them alibis, they put their butt on the line and they can go to jail now. So, I mean, how, is it really worth it? Is it really worth, I mean, Protecting someone you don't know because of the way anonymity is perceived now. Yeah, and and I'd like to know when that stupid phrase at the end, which is very brainwashy and very yeah. uh, like odd for new people, of what you hear, who you hear here, and what you say here, and they and then they all go here, it's here, and I was like, yeah. you know, when did that shit start? I understand the premise of it. Was that you were, mm-hmm. when you were at a meeting and there was a star there? Okay, you weren't supposed to go tell your friends, but you know everybody did. And then what you heard here, you weren't supposed to gossip about with that when you left the meeting. But the right. way it sounds to a new person is that you know what you hear here, what you say, like everything. Oh, this needs to stay here. You know, this has got to be, you know, hush hush. And well, you know what's funny yeah. is it. What is the first thing you hear when you walk in the room the next day? What happened the night before? Or what happened to so-and-so? It's a big gossip. I have never heard so much gossip going on than I did when I entered AA, and I didn't learn how to swear and use the F word until I came into AA. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah. I it's think it's really, somebody was blogging on uh, the Orange Papers had a really good thread going, 
the forum about you know teens um how how dangerous in the mentality it's like oh yeah let's teach teens like prison mentality yeah right i mean it's right. like it taught, it taught you how to swear so it taught you like right. to swear like you know a prison dude you know like what yeah. what what good yeah. is that you know what i'm saying right yeah right it's it, it's unreal um i did a little project, or I started to before my computer went down. Um, I got some good response on the slogans because I wanted to see how many different slogans there were. Uh, someone gave me, I think Sue gave me the, um, a link that had 400 slogans. And I wanted to see what type of effect it had on the individual. Mm-hmm. And how many were actually affirmations that were positive slogans? Right. So far, I have come across none that were positive. Mm-hmm. And so far, what I've gotten from people is that they've had um, horrendous, harmful effects on the psyche, on their family, on their in- the individual themselves. Uh, and, and I. That's why I did the project is because I I pretty much theorized that and it hasn't come to fruition yet, but um, it's it's starting to to go towards that that direction. But if anyone has a a, a positive one, I I'd sure like to hear it because yeah, I, but, I, have I guess uh, you know I think one day at a time. There's uh, no nothing. I mean I do think that after a while. Uh, one day at a time, a lot of young people that I knew never learned how to plan, so that was not a good, like everything was always, oh, it's just one day, don't like, don't think about the future, don't think about, the, you know, like the, that'll take care of itself. And actually a lot of people that I know, uh, well, I want to say a lot, but there was plenty who had plenty of time who financially did very, very poorly with that kind of thinking. Like that's not a good way to live it's your life. Not. Um, and also what it, it does, too, is it, um, as I've been reading, it is a way to cut someone off, to shut them up. Mm-hmm. So whatever direction that person was and their worries or whatever, instead of attending to their worries, you're just shutting them up by saying, you know, it's one day at a time. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah it's like... Um, I just I found this little place. Uh, the thing about the difference it's a total random here. I'm going off on a tangent. Just if you could bear with me, uh, that, um, it goes. Um, this was the thing that was different about um, Tom, who went off to make All Addicts Anonymous from Bill Wilson. Was that the four you know principles was absolute. One of them was absolute purity, and rigorous honesty. Um, and he there was no way. Bill was going to go for absolute purity because uh, Tom really believed that uh, that was an issue for many um, addictive yeah. type people. And you can imagine that it would be a different place if you know everybody wasn't like. I I actually had a flashback, Carolyn, when I was reading some of this stuff and going into the pro AA, the, into the rooms place about what people did say to me. Um, back in the 70s when the first guy hit on me. It was a hippie time, and I believe there was somebody, one or two, that said like something about karma, and I was like, mm-hmm. you fucking idiots. Yeah. You fucking idiots. They are just out of their minds. Um, you know, they are. To, yeah, I mean, to tell a young girl. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, the the excuses that they give, um, like I was told when I went to, I went to three different secretaries. One was an attorney, um, and he said, you know, don't call the cops, don't talk to the pastor. Uh, we're on our last thread. Um, I'll take care of it, which he did not. Uh, it just prolonged everything until I finally said, you know, enough was enough. And when I say that, people know who know me know that that that's it. Um, and as with the, the two secretaries, uh, they they agreed with seven of the perpetrators, the predators rather, that I had on my list, that they were known predators. They they had 
been um, assaulted themselves by some of them. They've had oh. complaints about some of them. And wow. what they told me was that they learned to live with it. And I said, well, I won't. I said, I have mm-hmm. zero tolerance. That's it. That's mm-hmm. my that's my motto, zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. And they were pretty pretty adamant about me just um, learning to live with it. And I was pretty adamant about me being able to retain my civil rights when I walked through the doors. Mm. And, yeah, and that didn't happen. And and it was it was a shame. It was a shame for the women in America that these two women knew what happened. It had happened to them. I had point-by-point um, accounts with each and every one of these. Two of them were known felons to the courts, but not to myself or to the other innocent members. And they did absolutely nothing. Instead, they turned around, as, as a lot of people know, and they retaliated against me. And that makes me ashamed to be part of the women of America when they act like that. You stand up. You 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 pull together. Solid, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's it, not it, the 1950s. I mean, in in Hawaii, no. in Hawaii, yeah. the women pulled together. I when I first was dealing with this, I called um, a Hawaiian friend of mine, and she told me stories about how uh, one girl was, um, I think, attacked. So maybe it was, you know, I can't remember if like if, if she was in a car with him or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. trust for a ride. And what the women did was they all, they got together and they went to different meetings intentionally and whatever the topic was, they changed the topic. Ah, and they stood up. And, I like but, that. No, that's real. And then, like that's Hawaiian culture is family's more important and, you know, friends are important and they stick together. And, and then I when I was there for, but I think that's, terrible for you i'm so sorry and when i and then i had heard too when i was there for the prasa last march that mm-hmm. they got a guy arrested like uh the group itself a guy one of the guys molested one of their kids because they all bring their kids and you know the kids play yeah. and and um but you know it's you're right like it's not 1950 it's not 1967 and it's not 1975 and it's not 1983 or whenever. Like I always say, you know, what's her, Monica Lewinsky, if it were 20 years earlier, she would have been dead. But she wasn't. Yep. And that was that times had changed. That mm-hmm. she did what she did with the President of the United States, and she was still alive. Yeah. And she came out and talked about it. And so I think And, of that course, they turned it around on her and made her the bad guy um, while he was the married president with a child. And mm-hmm. and that's what happens to a lot of people or a lot of women, I'll say women in this aspect, when they go in, to someone for help. They turn it around on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's still 2011, and they turn it around. The attorney turned it around on me. It's like don't go there, don't go oh, there. No, it's 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 just really really bad. I have. What's up? You want to stay on? We have another caller coming in. We can talk. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna go. Okay. Um, thanks, okay. Carolyn. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye bye, everyone. Okay. We'll talk. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Hi, caller. You're on the line. Hi, Monica. Hey, how you doing? It's Gunther. How are you? I'm I'm good. You're breaking up a little. Are you on a different phone? No, I'm on the same phone. How is it now? It's kind of bubbly. I don't know how else how to say it. <laughs> well, again. the connection we got. Can you hear me? I can. I can. It's just a little strange. But um, what's going on with you? What do you want to contribute? Not much. I just uh, wanted to call and talk about the soul-sucking zombies at AA. And uh, hopefully there may be a newcomer or two who's listening to this who's never heard any AA critical thinking. And uh, maybe we can open their eyes before it's too late. I think so. Can Can you hang up and call me back? It's really bad. It's like 
It's like a, is it when you talk? All right, I'll call you back. Okay, call back. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, Gunther was one of the first new friends that I made, actually from the blogs, Thinking Thinking, to talk about, you know, he just told me all the different programs and the books to read and, you know, this one on, you know, what a, I can't even think of all the names of the books now uh, because I've been I've read so many, but I did get the, um, you know, Rational Recovery stuff by Jack Trimpey and read uh, Albert Ellis's book and, um, you know, went on to people's, Websites. I never did get the smart book. I need to get that and and Ham's harm reduction. Okay, let's see. Here he is. Maybe I get a better sound. Hi, caller. You're on the line. Hi, Monica. Uh, it's a little better. Let's try a little bit. It's still breaking up, but um. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Well, yeah. Want me to I was call telling, back another time? Yeah. Go ahead. It sounds better now. Okay. Well, anyway, I called this talk about the soul-sucking uh, zombies and how they how they rape you mentally, how they get into your head and then um, ruin your life. The and and how do, I know your story, but other people listening don't know your story. So how did that happen to you? Well, I had a lot of problems, and I went to AA for help, and uh, basically... The last thing I needed to hear was that I was morally deficient and that it was all my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically what you get when you go to AA. You get um, a big religious and unsolicited religious indoctrination that can go on forever, however long you allow it to. But it's basically just faith healing. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think it's been about a year ago that you and I, you were doing your radio show. Wasn't it like in early December? Mm-hmm. About this time of year last year, and it was so, God, I just feel like I was, the world has changed. But I think that talking to you um, and seeing that, you know, for the listeners who don't know Gunther's story, in and out for 18 years, and then finally leaves and then uses all these other modalities that were empowering None of them do you call yourself an alcoholic. None of them are you powerless for. All of them use combinations of cognitive behavioral therapy, which I didn't even know what that meant last year when you said it, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of the other tools? Some of the other tools? Yeah, you know, things that helped you. Well, Chris Prentice's book was helpful to me. Um, The one you see on television all the time, The Alcoholism and Addiction Cure, no, I haven't. But I, 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 someone else was saying that's a good one. Is it? Well, I, basically, what that book did for me was it gave me. It, I had already read Jack Trimpey's book, so he he got me kind of pissed off at AA. But uh, Chris Prentice's book gave me permission to to actually leave and say, you know, this is just this is bullshit. I'm not powerless mm-hmm. over alcohol. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it gave, Chris Prentice talks a lot, um, like Life Ring does, about individualized recovery plans and about mm-hmm. you know putting together your own plan. And that's kind of what inspired me to go ahead and try to dig around and see what ideas would work for me. And uh, so I took bits and pieces of philosophy about drinking and ideas other than AA and. Uh, I'm successful. It's five years later, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that's a really, you know, like the proof is in the pudding. They used to say that, you know, this old timer used to say that to me all the time. Proof is in the pudding, but you were told so many negative things um, that, I mean, I just love it. When I When you would talk about all the different books and I would be taking notes and, you know, quickly reading other things and, seeing that the way that I was talking to people in my family was wrong, you know, and I knew it was. And so I was really hungry for the truth, and I knew that it wasn't the truth because I had been in that for 
20-something years, and it was bullshit. And it was bullshit, and in fact, it was your conversations with you, very, you know, very pointedly, as well as, you know, friend the girl, Ilse, and the the blog, but that I would then go to the meeting and have and listen and go, this is just a, what? Like, it's like somebody took the cotton out of my ear, that's for sure. Right. It's <laughs> when somebody pulls back the curtain for you a little, you know. I, I needed I help to recognize what was really going on, and w- when I saw it, I, there was no denying I was in a religious cult. Yeah, my my and, uh, my son said that he goes. We were talking about my son. Well, both of my sons were coming back from the Occupy LA Sunday night, and so the <laughs> younger one said, "That's a religion," and he goes, "You be- you believe that?" He goes, "Oh man, that's pretty bad, mom." <laughs> I said, I know. I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I, I'd I'm like to I'm say I'm laughing now and not crying in that all the time. <laughs> right, Gunther? <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to think there's nothing wrong with, wrong with religion, but after my experience with AA, I'm pretty much done with religion. Well, see, I, I mean, I think I'm not super... Religious, um, but I don't. They've kind of ruined the word spiritual for me right now. Maybe I'll get over it. <laughs> but um, when somebody says, "Well, I'm spiritual," and now I'm going to be like looking at them like, "Hmm, what twelve-step version are you under?" You know, let's uh, ooh, you go to sleep. You know, like let's get the old like Abbott and Costello movie going on. <laughs> you know, slowly I turn, step by step. Whatever, you know, let's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's kinda like let's, you know, get that tick tock and we're gonna hypnotize you all. Like I watched the Mike Blame Denial video about mob mentality. Mm-hmm. And you I know, haven't I, seen it. Yeah. But you know, it, I, I'm with you, like I I know how you feel, but I mean I I'm not one, even you know, this particular region that I'm studying now, if they start to go down that road about, oh, we're going to clean up the park, I'm like, I ain't going. Sorry, I already did that with, I did stuff. That, you know, no. <laughs> it's my practice. It's, you know, uh, I think so, uh, that. I haven't, I haven't even uh, read your new petition yet. I got a email about it. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Oh, it was the other one you signed really quickly. It was the other one. There's a new one now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that one I'm just getting. I was waiting on that one. I'm going to send that one to um, the governor probably tomorrow or the next day. I'm going to FedEx it. But the the new one, yeah, take a look at it and see what you think. But um, but did you hear what people were saying to me? Were you able to hear or, or that was when you couldn't hear? Couldn't hear when? Oh, about the, the, the new um, petition about how some people said that I shouldn't say mandate, you know, that I shouldn't say oh, that we're going to make suggest. them do this or that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, they're breaking the law, you know? It's the law, you guys. It's like with the whole thing with Carolyn and the bumper sticker, you know, that the Constitution is not a suggestion. But they're treating it like that, and it's just, so far entrenched, though. I mean, I, as anti-denial, there was a post on uh, accountability, national accountability, about the sexual predator who got sentenced in Nebraska. And I said, this is absurd, you know. So I Googled them and I found his email, the, the judge. And I sent him an email and I said, you know, please, you need to talk to me. Like, what are you doing? This is not safe. There are people being, you know, I just did my little pitch and you know they wrote back to me but i mean i need to be able to talk to more than one at a time that it's like absurd that anybody gunther gets sentenced to like we had a young guy remember jay who was who came on the blog who left he he said to me when i met him in person here he said that he had a doctor with a white coat he went to a hospital you know he was a professional he had a good job he said i'm drinking too much wine i want to stop i want to cut it i want to cut back and he kind of couldn't he felt like on his own he had a doctor telling him to go to a faith healing gobbledygook 1936 
whatever. And it's happening all over the place. So what do we do to change it? I was it? referred by hospitals. This needs to stop. That's, I mean, the thing that gets people's attention, Gunther, is I say to them, look, would you go to the dentist, uh, whatever, for a guy? Would you go to a, you know, a proctologist who's looking at a 1936 manual who's going to do, what's the thing you have to get when you're over 50, that test? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not over 50, but I've heard about it, and I'm not <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, um, I, I think that it, it, why would you listen to people who are looking at a book from 1936 and then a book from 1955, you know? And, uh, you know, I was talking to my sister a while back, and she said, like, even the Buddhist book, like, they update it, you know? It was, like, updated in, like, 2000 and something, you know? God, like, but they all sit around and go, oh, no, it's just, oh, if it, if it works, don't fix it. And I'm like, it's not working, guys. Like, these people with 20 years of sobriety that want to blow their brains out, with 25 years of sobriety, who have, you know, lots of issues and then, you know, know that working the 12 steps together is not going to work. And you know what? Someone else said to me, too, I think it was Sal last week, that people who go to SMART and start to do their, like, their worksheets, they, you know, they get a lot further than someone who's just been working 12 steps for the last 20 years. Well, that's because smart recovery actually teaches you some skills that you can use to manage thoughts and behavior in a different way, in a more effective way. AA, all they do is load you up with guilt and tell you until you turn it over to your higher power, you're going to be screwed. The initial phase of indoctrination is, is a guilt trip. Right, right. You know, it's right, you're no good. Ask God, ask God to remove this or that, and then, you know, um, total focus on negativity. Yes, it's a lot of negativity. I went to um, a smart meeting to bring somebody, and they gave me uh, like a one sheet, you know, and it was. In fact, I put up a link because I think what we should do, and I would love for you to add on my blog if you want under tools and stuff. You know, forget, I mean, I put the pamphlet and the other thing, but we could start to put the tools of the things that help anybody today. And it was like the words that we use that are not good. Like I realized I was always saying, oh, we, I, I must or I, I have to do this. And the kind of pressure that that word puts on you when you're always using like these extreme or like, oh, my God, I'm so crazy. No, I'm not crazy. You know, or... Do you have words that you say that really don't help how you feel, Gunther? Oh, I, I certainly did when I was in AA. Right. Well, give us an you example. Know. What's it like an oh, example? Oh, jeez. My best thinking got me here. Mm-hmm. In other words, my best thinking is no good at all. Um, that's one of them. Yeah, I hate that one. And, and there are plenty more where that came from. It's... It's all about um, not trusting yourself initially. Mm-hmm. And then what mm-hmm. I learned, without even realizing it, what I learned was I learned that if you say certain things, mm-hmm. that you'll you'll be praised for it. After mm-hmm. the meeting, people will come up to you and say, wow, that was really honest, or that was a good share, you know. As long <laughs> as you're parroting the party line, then, then you can become a little guru. Right. What about In the no part time that you need somebody else to tell you what to do? Like, this is the part that really, I mean, in the last years, you know, uh, about sponsorship. And I talked to one guy, uh, David, who was on, um, who left after 20 years. He wrote a book. And he said, you know, he had this sponsor was coming up to him, like, and treating him like he was, like, an imbecile and, and, and like, a 5-year-old or, like, really a 13-year-old. And he was like, Look, I have a job, I have a wife, I have a kid in college, I have a great career. Who the fuck do you think you are talking to me like that? And that's, you know, it's really one of the things that I want to address in my film. Not, You know, this other stuff, but the bullying, the, the psychological bullying, Gunther, uh, that you've talked about a lot, and sponsorship, abuse, like, you know, like any adult has the right 
to tell anybody, you know, what you need to do. And I realized how disempowering, like, when you ask yourself, okay, what is it that I, I need to do? You know, there, there's tools where you can put a line down in the middle of the paper and do your pros and cons, and you can sit on it. And, you know, for those of us that meditate, you know, you make it, you, you sit on it for three days, right? You think about it. You listen to your, how your body feels. You know, do I feel freaked out and why am I, you know, and sometimes you're, you know, for those of us who sabotage sometimes the things we wanted to do, well, is that really fear? Am I just scared out of my wits to really, you know, go take that class at UCLA that I wanted to take in documentary filmmaking or what, you know? And if you have to go ask, I don't have to go ask somebody what I need to do with my life. I mean, you should you could talk it over with friends so you can figure out what you want to do. But that whole setup is really sick. And it's yeah, it's they this- they had me running running to my sponsor every time I had a feeling. I was on the phone saying, I had a feeling. You know, what do I do? <laughs> you, you know, every time. I I honestly believe I got involved with drugs and alcohol when I was a teenager, and I I stifled my growth, I guess you could say. All right, (laughs) I didn't I didn't become an adult like I should have become because I dealt with everything by drinking, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when when you quit drinking, then you're stuck. All of a sudden, you got to grow up, and you know it's it's difficult to go through puberty at, at 35, 40 years old, you know, <laughs> but right, then they, right. they, their answer is call this person, this a person with no credentials, yeah. and tell them all of your secrets, and ask for help from this other person, and a lot of these people are well-meaning, they really want to help other people, it's just what they've been taught, they've been taught this negative system that I think drives people to suicide. <laughs> I think it's really, you know, the further I get from it, I was walking back from the farmer's market and I see people sometimes that that I think I recognize and I just feel free, you know. I just go, God, I'm so glad that, you know, my son... Uh, made me see it and that Callie made me see it and um, it was really the two of them and now I am finally grateful for the experience as the GSR because oh my god Gunther if I hadn't done that and that all didn't happen I might still be there I mean I, I don't think so after Michael I never saw a meeting the same way once I brought my son to a couple meetings it was over like that was the beginning I could see it through his eyes so you know oh but, yeah Right? You could just see the look in his face that something was wrong. Well, I could see. It's it's not just that. Yeah, I mean, he could see what was wrong, but it was like I, none of my prejudices of people who I liked and my previous, it was like I was in the present moment with him seeing it for what it really was. And it was shocking. And... It was not warm and fuzzy, and it didn't look like it was a representation of society, of the nice middle working class. It looked creepy and disgusting and full of predator-type people, and it was very male-heavy, 45 and above, and they all looked unhealthy, and they looked like a bunch of, you know, ugh. I mean, it was just Jesus, bad. It sounds like and you really young hate AA. Think, what? Sounds like you really hate AA. <laughs> I, I, when I was sitting in the meeting, I was embarrassed. I was like, "Whoa, I'm really sorry." You know, I'm like, "Oh, this is like, this is not a." You know, my God, the time has flown. Is it really? Is it telling me there's 90 seconds left to the show? <laughs> yeah, it, it's been fun. Wow, I'm I'm really thank you for um who just who just wrote assholes anonymous. <laughs> Carolyn wrote in the chat room, AA stands for Assembly of Assholes. You know, um, I, I want to thank you, Carolyn, for calling in and, and Gunther uh, calling in and um, everybody else. And we'll have another show next week. And 
you know, we'll I'll call you and we'll we'll catch up, Gunther. I'll tell you what I've been up to. But um, if you want to go on to the tools and you know that one thread and maybe add the things that you did, the books, you know, that you read, and um. Oh, you know who has a great list that was one of my lists from the old uh, outreach project is Amy Lee Coy on her site. She oh, took okay. most of those resources and transferred them to her site. Okay. I'll go there and look at it. And, uh, and you know, she and I are friends because of you. I have to, you to thank for that, for pushing me to call her. Well, I figured you guys were in the same area, so. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for having me on your show. Hey, thank you, Gunther. And good night, everybody. Remember, it's empowerment, not powerless. Woohoo! Okay. Good night. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.